0: As to these things, men's hopes are vain, their sorrows certain, and joy feigned. The Apostle calls this world a sea of glass, a sea for the trouble of it, and glass for the brittleness and bitterness of it. The honors, profits, pleasures, and delights of the world are true gardens of Adonis, where we can gather nothing but trivial flowers surrounded with many briars. Remedy 6 The sixth remedy again this device of Satan is to get better acquaintance and better assurance of more blessed and glorious things. Footnote. Luther object, and earth will soon be his abject. Luther being at one time in some wants, it happened that a good sum of money was unexpectedly sent him by a nobleman of Germany, at which, being something amazed, he said, I fear that God will give me my reward here, but I protest I will not be so satisfied. End of footnote. That which raised up their spirits, Hebrews 10 and 11, to trample upon all the beauty, finery, and glory of the world was the acquaintance with and assurance of better and more durable things. They took joyfully the spoiling of their goods, knowing in themselves that they had in heaven a better and more durable substance. They looked for a house that had fountains, whose builder and maker was God. And they looked for another country, even in heavenly, They saw him that was invisible and had an eye to the recompense of reward. And this made them count all the glory and finery of this world to be too poor and contemptible for them to set their hearts upon. The main reason why men dote upon the world and damn their souls to get the world is because they are not acquainted with a greater glory. Men ate acorns till they were acquainted with the use of wheat. Ah, were men more acquainted with what union and communion with God means What it is to have a new name and a new stone that none knows but he that hath it. Revelation 2.17 Did they but taste more of heaven and live more in heaven and had more glorious hopes of going to heaven? Ah, how easily would they have the moon under their feet. It was an excellent saying of Louis of Bavaria, emperor of Germany. Such goods are worth getting and owning as will not sink or wash away if a shipwreck happen but will wade and swim out with us. Footnote There is, saith Augustine, goods of the throne, and there are goods of the footstool. When Basil was tempted with money and preferment, said he, Give me money that may last forever and glory that may eternally flourish. For the fashion of this world passes away as the waters of a river that runs by a city. End of footnote It is recorded of Lazarus that after his resurrection from the dead, he was never seen to laugh. His thoughts and affections were so fixed in heaven, though his body was on earth, and therefore he could not but slight temporal things, his heart being so bent and set upon eternals. There are goods for the throne of grace, as God, Christ, the Spirit, adoption, justification, remission of sin, peace with God, and peace with conscience, and there are goods of the footstool as honors, riches, the favor of creatures and other comforts in the commendation of this life. Now he that hath acquaintance with and assurance of the goods of the throne will easily trample upon the goods of the footstool. Ah, that you would make it your business, your mind, to mind more and make sure more to your own souls the great things of eternity that will yield you joy in life and peace in death and a crown of righteousness in the day of Christ's appearing, and that will lift up your souls above all the beauty and finery of this bewitching world, that will raise your feet above other men's heads. When a man comes to be assured of a crown, a scepter, and the royal robes, he then begins to have low, mean, and contemptible thoughts of those things that before he highly prized so will assurance of more great and glorious things breed in the soul a holy scorn and contempt of all these poor, mean things which the soul before devalue above God, Christ, and heaven. Remedy 7 The seventh remedy against this device of Satan is, seriously, to consider that true happiness and satisfaction is not to be had in the enjoyment of worldly good, True happiness is too big and too glorious a thing to be found in anything below that God that is Christian's chiefest good. The blessed angels, those glittering courtiers, have all felicities and blessedness, and yet they have neither gold, nor silver, nor jewels, nor none of the beauty and finery of this world. Certainly if happiness was to be found in these things, the Lord Jesus, who is the right and royal heir of all things, would have exchanged his cradle for a crown, his birth chamber, a stable, for a royal palace, his poverty for plenty, his despised followers for shining courtiers, and his mean provisions for the choicest delicates. Certainly happiness lies not in those things that a man may enjoy, and yet be miserable forever. Now a man may be great and graceless with Pharaoh, honorable and damnable with Saul, rich and miserable with dives. Therefore happiness lies not in these things, Certainly happiness lies not in those things that cannot comfort a man upon a dying bed. Is it honors, riches, or friends that can comfort thee when thou comest to die? Or is it not rather faith in the blood of Christ, the witness of the Spirit of Christ, the sense and feeling of the love and favor of Christ, and the hopes of eternally reigning with Christ? Can happiness lie in those things that cannot give us health, or strength, or ease, or a good night's rest or an hour's sleep or a good stomach why all the honors riches and delights of this world cannot give these poor things to us therefore certainly happiness lies not in the enjoyment of them footnote Gregory the Great used to say he is poor whose soul is void of grace not whose coffers are empty of money the reasonable soul may be busied about other things but it cannot be filled with them end of footnote And surely happiness is not to be found in those things that cannot satisfy the souls of men. Now none of these things can satisfy the soul of man. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase, this is also vanity, said the wise man. Ecclesiastes 5.10 The barren womb, the horse-leech's daughter the grave and hell will as soon be satisfied as the soul of man will by the enjoyment of any worldly good. Some one thing or another will be forever wanting to that soul that hath none but outward good to live upon. You may as soon fill a bag with wisdom, a chest with virtue, or a circle with a triangle as the heart of man with anything here below. A man may have enough of the world to sink him, but he can never have enough to satisfy him. Remedy 8 The eighth remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider of the dignity of the soul. Oh, the soul of man is more worth than a thousand worlds. It is the greatest abasing of it that can be to let it dote upon a little shining earth, upon a little painted beauty and fading glory, when it is capable of union with Christ, of communion with God, and of enjoying the eternal vision of God. Seneca could say, I am too great and born to greater things than that I should be a slave to my body. Oh, do you say my soul is too great and born to greater things than that I should confine it to a heap of white and yellow earth? Footnote. Plutarch tells of Themistocles that he accounted it not to stand with his state, to stoop down to take up the spoils the enemies had scattered in flight, but saith to one of his followers, You may, for you are not the Oh, what a sad thing it is that a heathen should set his feet upon those very things upon which most professors set their hearts, and for the gain of which, with Balaam, may run the hazard of losing their immortal souls forever. End of footnote. I have been the longer upon the remedies that may help us against this dangerous device of Satan, because he doth usually more hurt to the souls of men by this device than he doth by all other devices. For I close, I wish, as once Christosome did, that that sentence, Ecclesiastes 2.11, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. They were engraven on the doorposts into which you entered, on the tables where you sit, on the dishes of which you eat, on the cups out of which you drink, on the bedsteads where you lie, on the walls of the house where you dwell, on the garments which you wear, on the heads of the horses on which you ride, and on the foreheads of all them whom you meet, that your souls may not, by the beauty and finery of the world, be cut off from those heavenly and holy services that may render you blessed while you live and happy when you die, that you may breathe out your last into his bosom who lives forever and who will make them happy forever that prefer Christ's spirituals and eternals above all temporal transitory things. Device number two. The second device that Satan hath to draw the soul from holy duties and to keep them off from religious services is by presenting to them the danger, the losses, and the sufferings that do attend the performance of such and such religious services. By this device Satan kept close those that believed on Christ from confessing of Christ. In John 12:42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. I would walk in all the ways of God, I would give up myself to the strictest way of holiness, but I am afraid dangers will attend me on the one hand, and losses and haply such and such sufferings on the other hand, saith many a man. Oh, how should we help ourselves against this temptation and device of Satan? Remedy number one. The first remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that all the troubles and afflictions that you meet with in a way of righteousness shall never hurt you they shall never harm you and who is he that shall harm you if you be followers of that which is good saith the apostle that is none shall harm you 1st peter 3:13 footnote nobody is properly hurt but by himself and by his own fault end of footnote natural conscience cannot but do homage to the image of God stamped upon the natures, words, works, and life of the godly. As we may see in the carriage of Nebuchadnezzar and Darius towards Daniel, all afflictions and troubles that do attend men in the way of righteousness can never rob them of their treasure, of their jewels. They may rob them of some slight, slight things, as the sword that is by their side, or the stick in their hand, or of the flowers or ribbons that be in their hats. Footnote Gordius, that blessed martyr, accounted it a loss to him not to suffer many kinds of tortures. He saith, tortures are but tradings with God for glory. The greater the combat is, the greater is the following reward. End of footnote The treasures of a saint Are the presence of God, the favor of God, union and communion with God, the pardon of sin, the joy of the Spirit, the peace of conscience, which are jewels that none can give but Christ, nor none can take away but Christ. Now why should a gracious soul keep off from a way of holiness because of afflictions, when no afflictions can strip a man of his heavenly jewels, which are his ornaments and his safety here, and will be his happiness and glory hereafter? Why should that man be afraid or troubled for storms at sea, whose treasures are sure in a friend's hand upon the land? Why, a believer's treasure is always safe in the hands of Christ. His life is safe, his soul is safe, his grace is safe, his comfort is safe, and his crown is safe in the hand of Christ. Footnote That was a notable speech of Luther. Let him that died for my soul see to the salvation of it. End of footnote I know him in whom I have believed, and that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day, saith the Apostle. 2 Timothy 1.12 The child's most precious things are most secure in his father's hand. So are our souls, our graces, and our comforts in the hand of Christ. Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that other precious saints that were shining lights on earth and are now triumphing in heaven have held on in religious services notwithstanding all the troubles and dangers that have surrounded them. Footnote William Fowler, the martyr, said Heaven will as soon fall as I will forsake my profession or budge in the least degree of it. So Sanctus, being under great torments, cries out, I am a Christian. No torments could work him to decline the service of God. I might produce a cloud of witnesses, but if those do not work you to be noble and brave, I am afraid more will not. End of footnote. Nehemiah and Ezra were surrounded with dangers on the left hand and on the right, and yet in the face of all, they held on building the temple and the wall of Jerusalem. So Daniel and those precious worthies Psalm 44 verses 19 and 20 under the want of outward encouragements and in the face of a world of very great discouragements their souls clave to God and his ways though they were sore broken in the place of dungeons and covered with the shadow of death yea though they were all the day long counted as sheep for the slaughter yet their hearts were not turned back neither did their steps decline from his ways So bonds and imprisonments did attend Paul and the rest of the apostles in every place, yet they held on in the work and service of the Lord. And why then should you degenerate from their worthy examples, which is your duty and your glory to follow? 2 Corinthians 6.5 and Hebrews 11.36 Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that all the troubles and dangers that do attend the performance of all holy duties and heavenly services are but temporal and momentary. But the neglect of them may lay thee open to all temporal, spiritual, and eternal dangers. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Hebrews 2.3 He saith not if we reject or renounce so great salvation. No, but if we neglect or shift off so great salvation. How shall we escape? Footnote The Greek signifies disregard or not care for it. End of footnote. That is we cannot by any way or means or device in the world escape. Divine justice will be above us in spite of our very souls. The doing of such and such heavenly services may lay you open to the frowns of man, but the neglect of them will lay you open to the frowns of God. The doing of them may render you contemptible in the eyes of men, but the neglect of them may render you contemptible in the eyes of God. The doing of them may be the loss of thy estate, but the neglect of them may be the loss of God, Christ, heaven, and thy soul forever. The doing of them may shut thee out from some outward temporal contents. The neglect of them may shut thee out from that excellent matchless glory that eye hath not seen nor ear heard neither hath it entered into the heart of men. Isaiah 64.4 Remember this there is no man that breathes but shall suffer more by neglecting these holy and heavenly services that God commands commends and rewards than he can possibly suffer by doing of them. Footnote Francis Xavier counseled John III the king of Portugal, to meditate every day a quarter of an hour upon that text? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? End of footnote. Remedy 4 The fourth remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that God knows how to deliver from troubles by troubles, from afflictions by afflictions, and from dangers by dangers. God, by lesser troubles and afflictions, doth oftentimes deliver his people from greater, so that they shall say, We had perished, if we had not perished. We had been undone, if we had not been undone. We had been in danger, if we had not been in danger. God will so order the afflictions that befall you in the way of righteousness, that your souls shall say, We would not for all the world, but that we had met with such and such troubles and afflictions, For surely had not these befallen us, it would have been worse and worse with us. Oh, the carnal security, pride, formality, dead-heartedness, lukewarmness, censoriousness, and earthliness that God hath cured us of by the trouble and dangers that we have met with in the ways and services of the Lord. I remember a story of a godly man that as he was going to take shipping for France, he broke his leg And it pleased Providence so to order it that the ship that he should have gone in at that very instant was cast away and not a man saved. So by breaking a bone his life was saved. Footnote The breaking of his leg on the way saved the life of the saintly Bernard Gilpin from being sacrificed by Boner, Bishop of London. End of footnote So the Lord many times breaks our bones but it is in order to the saving of our lives and our souls forever. He gives us a portion that makes us heart sick, but it is in order to the making us perfectly well and to the purging of us from those ill humors that have made our heads ache and God's heart ache and our souls sick and heavy to the death. O oh, therefore, let no danger or misery hinder thee from thy duty. Footnote: Had not these things perished, I could not have been saved said a philosopher when he saw what great possessions he had lost End of footnote. Remedy 5 The fifth remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that you shall gain more in the service of God and by walking in righteous and holy ways though troubles and afflictions should attend you than you can possibly suffer or lose by your being found in the service of God Godliness is great gain 1 Timothy 6.6 O oh, the joy, the peace, the comfort, the rest that saints meet with in the ways and service of God. They find that religious services are not empty things, but things in which God is pleased to discover His beauty and glory to their souls. My soul thirsts for God, said David, that I might see Thy beauty and Thy glory as I have seen Thee in Thy sanctuary. Psalm verse 2. Oh the sweet looks! the sweet words, the sweet hints, the sweet joggings, the sweet influences, the sweet love letters that gracious souls have from heaven when they wait upon God in holy and heavenly services, the least of which will darken and outweigh all the finery and glory of this world and richly recompense the soul for all the troubles and afflictions and dangers that have attended it in the service of God. Footnote. Tertullian, in his book to the martyrs, had an apt saying, that is right and good merchandise when something is parted with to gain more. He applies it to their sufferings wherein, though the flesh lost something, yet the spirit got much more. End a footnote. O, oh, the saints can say under all their troubles and afflictions that they have meat to eat and drink to drink that the world knows not of, that they have such incomes such refreshments, such warmings that they would not exchange for all the honors, riches and dainties of this world. Ah let but a Christian compare his external losses with his spiritual, internal and external gain, and he shall find that for every penny that he loses in the service of God he gains a pound, and for every pound that he gains he gains a hundred, and for every hundred lost he gains a thousand. We lose pins in his service and find pearls. We lose the favor of the creature and peace with the creature and haply the comforts and contents of the creature and we gain the favor of God, peace with conscience and the comforts and contents of a bitter life. Ah, did the men of this world know the sweet that saints enjoy in afflictions they would rather choose Manasseh's iron chain than his golden crown. They would rather be Paul a prisoner than Paul wrapped up in the third heaven for light afflictions they shall have a weight of glory for a few afflictions they shall have these joys pleasures and contents that are as the stars of heaven or as the sands of the sea that cannot be numbered for momentary afflictions they shall have an eternal crown of glory footnote when the noble general Zdyslos had lost his hand in the wars of the king of Poland the king sent him a golden hand for it what we lose in Christ's service he will make up by giving us some golden mercies. Though the cross be bitter, yet it is but short. A little storm, as one said of Julian's persecution, and an eternal calm follows. In of footnote. It is but winking, and thou shalt be in heaven presently, said the martyr. O therefore, let not afflictions or troubles work thee to shun the works of God, or to quit that service that should be dearer to thee in a world, yea, than thy very life. Device number three. By presenting to the soul the difficulty of performing them. saith Satan, It is so hard and difficult a thing to pray as thou shouldst, and to wait upon God as thou shouldst, and to walk with God as thou shouldst, and to be lively, warm, and active in the communion of saints as thou shouldst. That you are better ten thousand times to neglect them than to meddle with them, and doubtless by this device Satan hath and doth keep off thousands from waiting on God and from giving to Him that service that is due to His name. Remedy one. The first remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell more upon the necessity of the service and duty than upon the difficulty that doth attend the duty. You should reason thus with your souls. O our souls, though such and such services be hard and difficult, yet are they exceeding necessary for the honor of God and the keeping up his name in the world and the keeping under of sin and the strengthening of weak graces and so the reviving of languishing comforts and for the keeping clear and bright your blessed evidences and for the scattering of your fears and for the raising of your hopes and for the gladdening the hearts of the righteous and stopping the mouths of unrighteous souls who are ready to take all advantages to blaspheme the name of God and throw dirt and contempt on his people in ways. Or never leave thinking on the necessity of this and that duty till your souls be lifted up far above all the difficulties that do attend religious duties. Footnote: The necessity of doing your duty appears by this, that you are his servants by a threefold right, you are his servants by right of creation and by right of sustenation and by right of redemption. End a footnote. Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that the Lord Jesus will make his services easy to you by the sweet discovery of himself to your souls while you are in his service. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness those that remember thee in thy ways, as the prophet Isaiah saith. Isaiah 64, verse 5. Footnote. The word in the Hebrew is diversely taken, but most take the word here to signify to meet a soul with those bowels of love and tenderness as the father of the prodigal met the prodigal with. God, he is all bowels. He is swift to show mercy, as he is slow to show anger. End of footnote. If meeting with God, who is goodness itself, beauty itself, strength itself, glory itself, will not sweeten his service to thy soul, nothing in heaven or earth will. Jacob's meeting with Rachel, and enjoying of Rachel, made his hard service to be easy and delightful to him, and will not the soul's enjoying of God, and meeting with God, render his service to be much more easy and delightful. Doubtless it will. The Lord will give that sweet assistance by his spirit and grace as shall make his service joyous and not grievous, a delight and not a burden, a heaven and not a hell to believing souls. Footnote. Luther speaks excellently to Melanchthon who was apt to be discouraged with doubts and difficulties and fears from foes and to cease the service they had undertaken. If the work be not good, why did we ever own it? If it be good, why should we ever decline it? Why, saith he, should we fear the conquered world that have Christ, the conqueror, on our side? End a footnote. The confidence of this divine assistance raised up Nehemiah's spirit far above all those difficulties and discouragements that did attend him in the work and service of the Lord, as you may see in Nehemiah 2, verses 19 and 20. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah the servant, the Amorite, And Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build, but you have no right, nor fortune, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Ah souls, while you are in the very service of the Lord... You shall find by experience that the God of heaven will prosper you and support you and encourage and strengthen you and carry you through the hardest service with the greatest sweetness and cheerfulness that can be. Remember this, that God will suit your strength to your work and in the hardest service you shall have the choicest assistance. Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell upon the hard and difficult things that the Lord Jesus has passed through for your temporal, spiritual, and eternal good. Ah, what a sea of blood, a sea of wrath, of sin, of sorrow, and misery did the Lord Jesus wade through for your eternal and internal good. Footnote. It is not fit, since the head was crowned with thorns, that the members should be crowned with rosebuds, said Zanchias. And a footnote. Christ did not plead. This cross is too heavy for me to bear This wrath is too great for me to lie under This cup which hath in it All the ingredients of divine displeasure Is too bitter for me to sup How much more to drink the very dregs of it No, Christ stands not upon this He pleads not the difficulty of the service But resolutely and bravely wades through all As the prophet Isaiah shows The Lord God hath opened my ear And I was not rebellious neither turned away my back I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair I hid not my face from shame and spitting chapter 50 verse 6 Christ makes nothing of his father's wrath the burden of your sins the malice of Satan and the rage of the world but sweetly and triumphantly passes through all ah souls if this consideration will not raise up your spirits above all the discouragements that you meet with To own Christ and his service, and to stick and cleave to Christ and his service, I am afraid nothing will. A soul not stirred by this, not raised and lifted up by this, to be resolute and brave in the service of God, notwithstanding all dangers and difficulties, is a soul left of God to much blindness and hardness. Footnote. Godfrey of Bullion, crusader king of Jerusalem, in 1099 refused to be crowned with a crown of gold saying it became not a Christian there to wear a crown of gold where Christ for our salvation had sometime worn a crown of thorns End of footnote Remedy 4 The fourth remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that religious duties holy and heavenly exercises are only difficult to the worst to the ignoble part of a saint They are not to the noble and better part of a saint, to the noble part, the soul, and the renewed affections of a saint. Holy exercises are a heavenly pleasure and recreation, as the Apostle speaks. I delight in the law of God, after the inward man. With my mind I serve the law of God, though with my flesh the law of sin. Romans 7.22 To the noble part of a saint, Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. Matthew 11.30 Footnote The Greek signifies that Christ's yoke is a benign, a gracious, a pleasant, a good, and a gainful yoke opposed to that which is painful and tedious. And a footnote All the commands and ways of Christ, even those that tend to the pulling out of right eyes and cutting off of right hands, are joyous and not grievous to the noble part of a saint. Footnote. As every flower hath its sweet savor, so every good duty carries meat in the mouth, comfort in the performance of it. End of footnote. All the ways and services of Christ are pleasantness, in the abstract, to the better part of a saint. A saint, so far as he is renewed, is always best when he sees most of God, when he tastes most of God, when he is highest in his enjoyment of God, and most warm and lively in the service of God. O saith the noble part of a saint, that it might be always thus. O that my strength were the strength of stones, and my flesh as brass, that my worst part might be more serviceable to my noble part, that I might act by an untired power in that service that is a pleasure, a paradise to me. Remedy 5 The fifth remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that great reward and glorious recompense that doth attend those that cleave to the service of the Lord in the face of all difficulties and discouragements. Though the work be hard, yet the wages is great. Heaven will make amends for all. I, one hour's being in heaven, will abundantly recompense you for cleaving to the Lord and his ways in the face of all difficulties. This carried the apostle through the greatest difficulties. He had an eye to the recompense of reward. He looked for a house that had foundations, whose builder and maker was God, and for a heavenly country. Yea, this bore up the spirit of Christ in the face of all difficulties and discouragements. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, verse 2 footnote Basil speaks of some martyrs that were cast out all night naked in a cold frosty time and were to be burned the very next day how they comforted themselves in this manner the winter is sharp but paradise is sweet here we shiver for cold but the bosom of Abraham will make amends for all end of footnote Christians that would hold on in the service of the Lord must look more upon the crown than upon the cross more upon their future glory than their present misery more upon their encouragements than upon their discouragement God's very service is wages His ways are strewed with roses and paved with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that passeth understanding some degree of comfort follows every good action as heat accompanies fire as beams and influences issue from the sun moreover by them is thy servant warned and in keeping of them there is great reward. Psalm 19, verse 11 Not only for keeping, but in keeping of them there is great reward. Footnote There is a reward before the reward, a sure reward of well-doing. In doing thereof, not only for doing thereof, there is a great reward. Psalm 19, verse 11 The joy, the rest, the refreshing, the comforts, The contents, the smiles, the incomings that saints now enjoy in the ways of God are so precious and glorious in their eyes that they would not exchange them for ten thousand worlds. Ah, if all the gratuities be thus sweet and glorious before payday comes, what will be that glory that Christ will crown his saints with for cleaving to his service in the face of all difficulties? When he shall say to his father, Lo, here am I, and the children which thou hast given me. Isaiah 8.18 If there be so much to be had in a wilderness, what then shall be had in paradise? Device 4 By working them to make false inferences from those blessed and glorious things that Christ hath done. As that Jesus Christ hath done all for us, therefore there is nothing for us to do but to joy and rejoice. He hath perfectly justified us and fulfilled the law and satisfied divine justice and pacified his Father's wrath and is gone to heaven to prepare a place for us and in the meantime to intercede for us and therefore away with praying and mourning and hearing. Ah, what a world of professors hath Satan drawn in these days from religious services by working them to make such sad, wild and strange inferences from the sweet and excellent things that the Lord Jesus hath done for his beloved ones. Remedy 1 The first remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell as much on those scriptures that show you the duties and services that Christ requires of you as upon those scriptures that declare to you the precious and glorious things that Christ hath done for you. Footnote Tertullian hath this expression of the scriptures. I adore the fullness of the Scripture. Gregory calls the scripture the heart and soul of God, and who will not then dwell in it? End a footnote. It is a sad and dangerous thing to have two eyes to behold our dignity and privileges, and not one to see our duties and services. I shall look with one eye upon the choice and excellent things that Christ hath done for me, to raise up my heart to love Christ with the purest love, and to joy in Christ with the strongest joy and to lift up Christ above all, who hath made himself to be my all. And I should look with the other eye upon those services and duties that the Scriptures require of those for whom Christ hath done such blessed things, as upon that of the Apostle. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6:19 and 20 And that Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15:58. And that And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Galatians 6.9 And that of the Apostle Rejoice always 1 Thessalonians 5.16 And pray without ceasing 1 Thessalonians 5.17 And that in the Philippians Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling 2.12 And that This do till I come 1 Timothy 4.13 And that Let us consider one another to provoke one another to love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 Now a soul that would not be drawn away by this device of Satan he must not look with a squint eye upon these blessed scriptures and abundance more of like import but he must dwell upon them he must make these scriptures to be his chiefest and his choicest companions and this will be a happy means to keep him close to Christ and his service in these times wherein many turn their backs upon Christ under pretense of being interested in the great glorious things that have been acted by Christ. Footnote The Jews were much in turning over the leaves of the scripture but they did not weigh the matter of them. John 5.39 John 5.39 ye search the scriptures. The Greek there seemeth to be indicative rather than imperative. In the footnote. Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that the great and glorious things that Jesus Christ hath done and is a doing for us shall be so far from taking us off from religious services and pious performances that they should be the greatest motives and encouragements to the performance of them that may be, as the scriptures do abundantly evidence. I will only instance in some, as that, that we, being delivered out of the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. First Peter 2.9 and Luke 1, verses 74 and 75. Christ hath freed you from all your enemies, from the curse of the law, the predominant damnatory power of sin the wrath of God the sting of death and the torments of hell but what is the end and design of Christ in doing these great and marvelous things for his people is it not that we should throw off duties of righteousness and holiness but that their hearts may be the more free and sweet in all holy duties and heavenly services footnote this I am sure of that all men's happiness here is his holiness and his holiness shall hereafter be his happiness. Christ hath therefore broke the devil's yoke from off our necks, that his father might have better service from our hearts. And a footnote. So the apostle, I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty.
1: MONTON, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L, three T5. You may also request a free printed catalogue. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart,